Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, February 3rd, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the week that wasn't. Number two, the latest on noms. And number three, some money news. All right, Jake, let's get into it. The top of Punchbowl News talks about how this was the week that wasn't. Uh, you know, it's been a tough one for uh, Democrats in the Capitol. There was an expectation of, you know, kind of actually getting some movement here on multiple things. And it's basically a lost week. Yeah, this is the uh, womp womp edition of uh, of Punchbowl News. Um, so, um, listen, they, they came into the week. The Senate and the House came into the week with kind of two overarching goals. Like, let's get a government funding deal, at least let's get some top lines, and then let's also get a sanctions deal to try to prevent Russia from invading Ukraine. Uh, Both are time-sensitive, quite clearly, right? Because on the government funding front, the deadline's in 15 days, uh, funding deadline's in 15 days, and on the uh, Russia invading Ukraine front, there is no deadline, meaning like Russia's about to invade Ukraine and the U.S. has said they have the capacity to do it like today, Um, although they're not going to necessarily do it today, but they have amassed a lot of troops at the Russian border. So uh, they're leaving this week with nothing done uh, on those two fronts. We're not going to lump in uh, the Electoral Count Act stuff because those folks uh, were smart enough to not put a deadline, although I don't put it past them to put a deadline at some point now that a lot of people are involved. But um, but let's talk about government funding. I mean, they yesterday we uh, Christian Hall, our terrific uh, reporter, was staking out the um the appropriators meeting, the meeting of the top appropriators in Congress around 3 p.m. And around, you know, 3.05, he was texting me and Brez saying there's no one here. And suddenly and and we quickly found out that the meeting had been postponed and it was postponed because Republicans had made an offer to Democrats and Democrats had to review it. Now, um, you know, I, I they have to get some deal. I don't know if it's going to be a big spending deal, but they could get a a, a stopgap measure at some point in the next week or so uh, to allow them some more time to fund the government to um, not, you know, let this the funding lapse in 15 days. But not a great scenario. Now, number two, the uh, the, the sanctions push. Now, I, this is a bit more complicated. Congress is trying to speak with one voice on sanctions. They don't want any um, they don't want to seem like Congress is divided, which they are on sanctions, although not terribly divided. I don't want to overstate this. Republicans want to put in preemptive sanctions. So sanctions before Russia invades Ukraine and then some really nasty sanctions if Russia does invade Ukraine. Um, the White House has pushed back on preemptive sanctions and wants just a sanction regime, regime afterward. Now, everyone we talk to, and we've talked to 
a lot of people, about uh, yeah, everybody involved in the sanctions push, they think there's a deal at hand um, to do something, some mix of the two. So both uh, preemptive sanctions, some degree of preemptive sanctions, and and sanctions after Russia, uh, if Russia invades Ukraine. Um, and and the latter would just be again, like I said, really nasty. But these, this is time sensitive. I mean, I was talking to John Thune, the Senate Minority Whip, yesterday, and he made the point: like, if we don't get this done, it kind of loses its its purpose, right? We got to get something done here. Um, and, and Jim Risch and Bob Menendez, the top Republican and top Democrat on the Foreign Affairs Committee, went on CNN on Sunday, last Sunday, and kind of said, like, it's you know, it's we're going to get something done and they haven't. So, you know, um, those two issues, Congress, the Senate's leaving town today because the Senate doesn't work Fridays because most Americans don't work. Well, wait, no, every American works Friday. We work Friday. Senate, the Senate's the only one that doesn't work on Fridays. Uh, so they're going to leave town this weekend, this week, Anna, without anything done on these two things. They've made some progress, but, you know, uh, not enough to get deals this week. I mean, God, they thought they were going to have a sanctions bill on the floor this week. Yeah, I mean, you kind of see how hard it is for them to come together on this. I think also interesting to note, we've got you know top Biden administration officials are going to be holding a classified briefing on either Ukraine situation today for members and senators. So clearly the uh, offensive efforts by the administration continuing where they want to try to keep everybody in the loop as much as possible, um, particularly after the debacle of, with their pullout from Afghanistan, a very different strategy here that they're trying to employ. And Rish also, it's worth noting, is, um, you know, he's still negotiating with Democrats, obviously, over this Russia sanctions package, but he's also releasing a blistery, blistering rather report this morning on the botched U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Last year by the Biden administration, so you kind of have the desire to work together, but also uh, the desire by Republicans to continue to castigate uh, the Biden administration over that withdrawal. Going to, it would be interesting to see if that moves the needle at all in terms of whether or not. I, I think the negotiations obviously continue, but you know, kind of continuing that drumbeat by Republicans, um, it's, it's not going to stop anytime soon. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning nominations, Senate banking holding highly anticipated hearing on three Federal Reserve nominees, um, including Sarah Bloom Raskin, Lisa Cook, and Philip Jefferson. Raskin is uh, the wife to Representative Jamie Raskin, Democrat from Maryland, and is really the one to watch here. There's, there's expected to be a, quite a bit of fireworks with Republicans who are unhappy with some of the things she said. Yeah, Raskin has served uh, a long and illustrious career in government. Uh, she was Deputy Secretary of the Treasury under Barack Obama. She has served on the Federal Reserve Board in the past under Obama. And um, uh, again, looking for that seat again, a graduate of Harvard Law School, like her husband, Jamie. Uh, both very, um, very decorated public servants, I would say. She's now a professor at Duke. Um, but... Yeah, listen, this is we reported earlier this week that the Senate Banking Committee led by um, uh, Sherrod Brown of Ohio is looking to push these these nominees through his committee in 12 days on February 15th. Um, they're going to be able to they're going to be uh, able to get this done. These will pass the floor on the 15th. They're also going to vote through Jay Powell. Jay Powell is the um, 
is the uh, it was nominated for a second term on top of the Fed as the, the Federal Reserve chair. As a side note, Anna, I know this might be of interest to you or actually maybe nobody, but uh, someone sent me a picture yesterday of Jay, Re- of Jay Powell on a flight to Palm Beach. I've actually seen him on that flight before. I guess he must enjoy Palm Beach in the winter because who doesn't want to get out of this horrible weather? You but too. Maybe, apparently, apparently going to Palm Beach. <laughs> yeah, well, let me you know, know. Well, you know, uh, there's many flights from DCA to Palm Beach, so uh, I hope he enjoys his time under the sun in South Florida. Um, but I would say, you know, listen, the the um, this is going to be a partisan battle. Uh, Raskin has been very, very, very outspoken on things like fossil fuels and and things of that nature. She's a she's a progressive. Biden's a Democratic president. Most people kind of get the joke here, just like they do on the um, on the Supreme Court nominee. Like Biden's going to be able to nominate who he wants. Fifty vote. Uh, uh, the Democrats have fifty votes in the Senate, so like it is what it is for for Republicans. But we expect fireworks. Just one one more thing to add, Anna. I guess we can maybe lump this in. We didn't mention it. We mentioned it in our PM edition yesterday. It's not in our AM edition. Democrats anticipate that uh, Senator Ben Ray Lujan, a the Democrat from New Mexico who had a stroke last week, uh, they anticipate he will be back within four to six weeks back in uh, Washington. Append obviously without you know, and if everything goes right, um, you, you can't predict whether everything will go right, but. Um, so that you know that that helps Democrats in their ability to get things through. Um, We're clearly feeling the po- the 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 need to kind of let people know what that he's coming back, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, because at this point they don't have a workable majority. Yeah, and also we were caught off guard, and and frankly, our eyebrows were a little bit raised when we heard yesterday that he had a stroke on Thursday, and we didn't hear until when until Tuesday. Um, they waited five days. Obviously, I'm sure they wanted to know what his prognosis was um, before talking about it publicly. But you know, we've seen two senators, as we noted yesterday, um, Tim Johnson of South Dakota, Democrat of South Dakota, and Mark Kirk, a Republican of, of Illinois. Be out for extended periods of time, um, rehab and all kinds of health. You know, yeah. I mean, strokes are serious. I, I listen. I, I, I wish him well. Um, hope he gets back soon. Um, uh, he's beloved on both sides of the aisle by many people, but uh, strokes are serious. So, and without him, Democrats again, like you said, do not have a working majority. All right. Let's move on to the number three story of the morning: the money game. What Democrats are poning up to their party? This is always one of the perennial favorites uh, since I ever started covering money in politics, Jake. Getting your hands on the DCCC's end of year's year dues sheet. Uh, they detail kind of who the, is giving to the party committee, what they're expected to give, how much cash members have in the bank. This is something that is not only scrutinized by us once we get our hands on it, but certainly party leaders, committee chairs, rank and file members kind of showcases also sometimes where you have party stars, where they're trying to kind of get their chits and um, curry favors when it comes to the money game. Um, we can go through this pretty quickly, but I did think, you know, obviously 
Speaker Nancy Pelosi continues to be the top cash cow for House Democrats, contributing $5.4 million to the D-trip, and she's raised $118 million. Yeah, I was going to say, not even worth dwelling on this for that long. She's just the the power for the Democratic majority uh, in the House of Representatives has been for as long as you and I have been covering her, which is probably close to 20 years. Um, Sherry Bustos is... Um, not, you know, she was the DCCC chairwoman. She's not paid a diamond dues. She's retiring. So, you know. Funny how things change. Your perspective changes when you're no longer head of the committee that has to raise all the money. Thanks for thanks for nothing, Miss Bustos. Uh, Sarah Jacobs, uh, DCCC national chair, one of the youngest members uh, of Congress and comes from a, an extraordinarily wealthy family. Her grandfather is... Um, uh, her uncle is, was the former CEO and chairman of Qualcomm, and I believe her grandfather, Erwin Jacobs, is the founder of Qualcomm. She is all of 33, so not too uh, much younger than me and you, um, but much richer than me and you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, glad, she, you, uh, glad you feel the need to note that one, that part Well, you know, I mean, we didn't create Qualcomm. We created Punchbowl News, but, you know, come to think of it, maybe we should create Qualcomm. Um, she uh, She's given 350000 of her 750000 in dues and has raised 666500 for the DCCC of her $750,000 goal. That's very impressive. Uh, one more thing to mention, Josh Gottheimer, $12 million on hand. Uh, uh, one of the most prolific fundraisers in the House Democratic Caucus. Hasn't paid a dime in dues. Josh needs to, um, you know, he might have a tough race, but Lord have mercy, he could probably he could probably afford a couple hundred thousand dollars to the DCCC. I think he will pay that, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, Katie Porter, who has raised $16 million uh, and is, again, probably, I would argue, the most successful fundraiser in modern house political history um has paid all of her $175,000 in dues. I, just as a side note, Katie Porter is a machine, just an absolute machine. Continues to rake in massive amounts of money um and uh, is oftentimes mentioned for um basically any statewide office in California, obviously very competitive for Democrats, but somebody who just has the ability to rake in massive amounts of dough. All right, before we let you go, I want you to mark your calendars. Jake and I will be in person for our first editorial conversation of 2022, two weeks from today. Wednesday, February 16th at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we're going to be in conversation with Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo on American innovation and U.S. leadership in science and research. And I'm sure we'll throw in some news of the day's questions. So it should be a very fun and interesting conversation. We'd love to see you there. You can get all of the details at our new events hub at punchbowl.news. We'd love to see you there. When with that, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it as always. Please give us a review, share Punchbowl News with your friends. It's the best way for people to find out about us. And you can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.